0: All right, what is good, everyone? We are on episode number 10. We are on to the Rockefeller family. Yes, that's right. The Rockefeller name that many know, but hardly know anything about. And that's for a very good reason, but that's why we're here. We're going to be talking about that into the truth and love, just like every... Episode. And of course, we are going to talk about long term generational wealth at the end and how we can profit just like the elites, but doing this for helping one another. And again, I'm going to repeat this on every single episode 90 to 95% of all those that come forward that were either born into the Illustrious Council, which is the Illuminati, or were adopted in there, or one way or another from there. Uh, they all, since we're Satanists, have committed treason by exposing what's been going on. uh, Because you will die for exposing that information when you join them. That's one of the things that they tell you not to do, is expose the information. But on top of that, they also believe Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, and that their blood, or His blood, sorry, His blood saves all is what I believe and it's not something that is taken lightly uh, because it has been thrown around a lot of times. Uh, Now, those coming from the illustrious council that claim this are not just saying that just to say that. They've come from satanic ritual abuse. They've come from trauma. They've come from seeing murder in ritualistic ways. They've... uh, had so many different sexual rituals happen and performed on them and by others, Uh, that was rape, and the list goes on and on. But we're here to expose them and talk about exactly what's really going on, and we're going to go over, of course, the history and background of the Rockefeller family, and we're going to go talk about how prevalent they are today. And, of course, like I said, we're going to go over long-term generational wealth at the end but we start off every episode with the amendments and we're actually going to add in the fifth amendment. We did that with the previous one and we started off with just reading off the first and the 10th. We're going to go off with the first, fifth and 10th. So the first, first amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And the fifth amendment says: No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land of naval forces or the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense To be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall shall private property be taken for a public use without just compensation. The Fifth Amendment right is because we don't have to wear a mask. It's not a law to begin with to wear a mask. Here in the United States, in fact, we don't have to give any reason to anyone or including law enforcement as to why we don't want to wear a mask. That is because it does deprive us of our life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. And of course we're going on to amendment number 10, where it states the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Which means we, the people, have the right to take what is ours, not the elites, not the lobbyists, not the career politicians, not the ones that are sitting around in the Federal Reserve and so forth. The people that are working to keep those people in office. But to move on to the Rockefeller family, we are going to talk about how there is 190 plus family members. Yes, there is. And we're going to talk about how they control all Christian denominations. This excludes those that are following the word of God, that don't conform to society's standards and norms, that are going to Protestant churches. These are such Protestant churches, Episcopalian, Baptist, uh, even Evangelical. The list goes on and on and on and on, including Catholicism. And we're going to get into that, of course. But of course, what the Rockefellers do is they put all their wealth in trusts. And we mentioned that in building long-term generational wealth. Uh, Go back to the other previous episodes. We do speak on six different steps on how to build long-term generational wealth. And of course, we're going to give a book at the end on how this will really, really help with long-term generational wealth. But continuing with the Rockefellers, they have exploited, uh, granted, which is grants, money, granted churches and funds anti-church organizations which is called lucis trust or lucius trust Uh, they control universities and education and seminaries and we're also going to go over the exact grants that they gave out in 1984 as well as the nea funded by rockefeller carnegie foundations were exposed as a conspiracy to bring socialism through the Board of Education. And the Rockefeller started and controls the FBI. The finders kidnapped children for ritual sacrifice in exchange for payment. We're going to go over that, which actually is a big thing right now, the child sacrificing and the kidnapping. And then, of course, uh, Rockefeller Chase Corporation has holdings for the steel mill in Turkey and for cotton textile mill in Nigeria. And John D. Archibald, the Harknesses, the Bedfords, the Chesboroughs, the Cutlers, Flaglers, Folgers, like the coffee, Paynes, Pierce's, and Rogerses owe their family wealth to the Rockefellers. All right, let's go ahead and get right into the Rockefellers. We are all curious about them. So let's go ahead into their history. <laughs> their history of deceit and taking people's wealth, which is not what we want to do when we learn about long-term generational wealth, but we want to learn about the Rockefellers. So the first notorious Rockefeller that researchers, we're talking everyone that has concluded on, who are not working for the Rockefellers, refer to William Avery Rockefeller who was born in 1810 and died somewhere around 1906. There isn't a specific date, It's a little confusing because some of those dates are actually muddled, kind of like what we talked about with Howard Hughes on the previous episode. Now, William Avery Rockefeller was totally corrupt and lacked any type of morals. He was involved in the occult and practiced magic, just like a lot of the other occult families in the Illustrious Council. Now, he married a number of women around the country in, get this, bigamous relationships He also had a number of mistresses and a large number of sexual partners. He was charged with raping women and escaped the state of New York to prevent being sent to jail for it. He stole, lied, and abused his way through life. He wore the best of clothes, and he never lacked for money, including gold coins. Besides loving women, he loved gambling. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you have that amount of money. He did, but... Made much of his money dishonestly. His life is a carbon copy of other men who are known by this author, Fritz Springmeier, to have been in the illustrious council. And so, this information that we bring to you today, and you know, throughout the other episodes as well, and coming episodes, is coming from Fritz Springmeier because he was falsely accused of actually exposing them. He's doing well right now, of course. Uh, but he was falsely imprisoned by the Illustrious Council because he did expose them back in the 90s. But we are giving this information out again and want to credit him for that, uh, as well as other people that have been credited with him that have given this information to him that he's helped out. But uh, we also need to talk about how we need to bear in mind that the Illustrious Council carries out a large number of secret occult marriages, which only the insiders learn about. And he learned about this because he, Fritz Springmeier did speak to Illuminati, or illustrious council, King Pins directly. No, he was not involved with them, but he did speak to them so that way he could research and expose them. Now, one of Rockefeller's wives bought off by the elite. Excuse me. One of his wives was Eliza Davidson, who was born in 1813 and died in 1849. She was an extremely cruel woman, and historians who have been bought off by the elites like to picture Eliza Davidson as a very pious woman, although she had a virtue that the paid-for historians have made her out to be. When she married William Avery Rockefeller, she moved in with him and his mistress. Now, the first notably wealthy Rockefeller is, of course, William Avery Rockefeller. (laughs) The same one. Okay? And he had many what are called bastard children. So, as in, he had children from marriages he didn't have with. That would be someone like me. So, I was born out of marriage... Well, a non-marriage. My parents were never married, and so I was born out of that. And that's what that means, if you did not know that. But that doesn't define someone's future. That's just stating that he did have a lot of children because of that. Now, it can be imagined many children born for the ritual or for the occult purposes because of this, And his wife, Eliza, had six children for him, and of those, John D. Rockefeller, or John Davison Rockefeller, is the infamous one who brought the family into limelight. Okay? So, yes, it was William Avery Rockefeller and John D. Rockefeller, the dude that died at, like, 101 and had 101 heart transplants. All right? So, John D. Rockefeller, in his lifetime, became one of the most powerful men in the world, and one of the most best-kept secrets were his secret dealings with other illustrious council families. The Pacers, which are from the Rothschild family, we're going to get that into the next episode, and other illustrious council families are all intimately involved in the rise to power of the Rockefellers. Now, the other factors involved in John D. Rockefeller's rise to power is his utter ruthlessness. He was willing to do anything for power, so John D. Rockefeller established the family in their principal estate at Pocantico Hills in New York. Now we've lost figures based upon that, but there are over a hundred Rockefeller families since we spoke about how there's over 190 plus that live at the private island of Pocantico Hills. Now, brief survey of the Rockefellers' influence is very detailed, and we're going to talk about that right now. The Rockefellers have divested much of their holdings into places which they control, but nominally, they are not owners of it. Very specific reasons why. The Rockefellers' financial power is far greater than the balance sheets would indicate. Hence the reason why the wealth of the world is unbalanced as to how it's portrayed. Now, the Rockefellers can give donations from an organization which they control to another that they control and not lose any control over the money. The donations look impressive, but the Rockefeller bloodline hasn't lost any. Get this. Have you ever noticed that the Rockefeller Standard Oil uses the satanic pentagram in a circle as their logo? I mean, just look at it. Just three of countless Rockefeller companies are Texas Instruments and General Electric, and Eastman Kodak. The Rockefellers also control Boeing. The author, Fritz Springmeier, has repeatedly been given information from numerous sources about the occult activities that are being perpetrated at the Boeing plants in the Seattle area. Monarch programming has even taken place at Boeing plant. Now, all these things fit together when you get the big picture and you look at it that way. That's why we're here to look at the big picture, to understand how this is all coming together, why all these different events are happening, because it's the 13 families that are under, under the control of Satan, all right? The Rockefellers also controlled Delta. Notice that, <laughs> get this, that the Delta symbol is very widely used satanic symbol, it's a triangle, just like the pyramid on the back of the dollar, just like the ones that they always use. It was wondering that the Alessia's Council and CIA and world financiers and people like Chuck Coyson use Delta to fly on. The Rockefellers own land all over South America, the Rockefellers own land most anywhere anyone would want to visit in the U.S., from Hawaii to Texas to Florida and Seal Harbor, Maine, of course. if you notice how often bush would go to maine when he was president you would see that a lot of these people are connected already it's already getting into the light about how president bush both of them are connected to the whole satanic elite they're actually part of the committee of 300 which is under the illustrious council but the rockefellers have played a role in lucius trust and the united nations interestingly If you notice that Prince Charles is the spokesperson for Lucius Trust and also works with the United Nations in various ways. Prince Charles is from another satanic bloodline, as they're all intermarried and made out of incest, really. The Rockefellers were involved in the creation of the FBI. So the FBI has always been an arm of power for the illustrious council, besides the CIA. We already went into the CIA. We're going to go in a little bit more depth later on about that. But we're going to go about the FBI a little bit more here. So that's why there's official FBI programs in action today to kidnap children and provide them for sacrifice. Yes, American people. In America today, there's about four hundred fifty to 500,000 children kidnapped every year. The wolf was set in charge for guarding the chicken coop. Really, (laughs) the organization that's working as part of the FBI is the Finders. The stink was so bad about this that the U.S. News and World Report did a story to soften the impact of the scandal. Now, ex-Satanists who worked with the FBI to receive the children the FBI kidnapped and sold to them for sacrifice have been trying to get the world out publicly about the FBI's corruption. Now, when the illustrious council was beginning to get exposed in the Franklin Saving and loan case in Lincoln, Nebraska, the FBI was part of the Dirty Actors and was part of the cover-up. The Rockefellers have have had control over the FBI since they've helped get it started. When Congress wanted to help investigate the CIA for wrongdoing, they appointed a commission headed by Rockefeller to investigate the CIA's wrongdoings. Yes, a Rockefeller commission did a big study and slapped the hands of the CIA for a few misdeeds. Their report is still cited as the big investigation of the CIA, besides MKUltra. Now, since the Rockefeller family work hand-in-hand with the CIA to create monarch slaves, of course, as part of the CIA's mindsets, got overlooked. And we're going to go over mind control on a completely separate episode. A recent convert from Satanism, Michael MacArthur, has given validated insight information about the FBI and the CIA programs which kidnap children in order to supply satanic rituals and sacrificial material. The names of the agendas who spend their official government time kidnapping children for Satanism that Michael knows about are as follows. Chucky Mike Peters, FBI hitman in Division 5 of FBI, involved with Inns Law Case, Nicole Hara, FBI agent who abducts children for sacrifice, Unda Kraig Satanists worked for FBI. Ken Lanning, FBI agent who abducts children for sacrifice. Nick O'Hara, FBI hitman. The Satanist has covered FBI child kidnappings by murder. Cape Richardson, CAA agent who abducts children for sacrifice. Rather than risk election, a brilliant coup date was carried out to to put Nelson A. Rockefeller into the vice presidency. Rockefellers control both education and religion in this country by their foundations. Rockefellers have played key roles in Council on Foreign Relations that Rockefeller wrote the book, The Future of Federalism, which supports the union of nations into a world government. For many years, the Rockefellers have been pouring billions of dollars into products and international groups which are working to bring in a public one-world government, as the world already has a secret one-world government. Illustrious Council The Rockefellers take part in decisions that affect Russia, China and other parts of Asia, and with good reason, the House of Rockefeller has holdup and assets in these countries too. The investigator of the Rockefellers will find that they have secretly had their hand in politics. Yes, the politics of the United States as well. Now, to put in perspective of how protected the wealth of the Rockefellers Estimates anywhere from 200 to several thousand trusts and foundations combined. To put this even more in perspective, Nelson Rockefeller paid zero zero taxes. Zero taxes in 1970. Their influence gets to say who who is in publicity and who isn't. All right. One book that describes in detail how the Rockefellers took control of seminaries, church boards, and Christian colleges is called Unholy Alliances, The Secret Plan, and The Secret People Who Are Working to Destroy America by James W. Wardner. From the list of grants in 1984 was under the company Sea Atlantic Funds. Okay, and in 1984, these are the grants. Council on Foundations, 41,000. Harlem Interfaith Counseling Service, 100,000. Private Agencies Collaborating Together was collected at 25,000. Trilateral Commission at 240,000. ACLU at 15,000. American Historical Association at 42,000. American Philosophical Association at 57,500. Catholic University of America, 25,000. Catholic University of Chile, $224,200. Two hundred twenty-four thousand two hundred dollars, Council on Foreign Relations, one hundred sixty-five thousand, the NAACP, a hundred thousand, Population Council, one million two hundred thirty-five thousand dollars, University of Notre Dame, twenty-five thousand dollars. Yes, all in nineteen eighty-four. And get this, in nineteen sixty-four. So back further than that. This. See, Atlantic Funds Foundation gave $681,860 in grants, and in '69 they gave $1,889,550 in grants. So it even upped when it went into 1984. Now, out of the most denomination institutions, Catholicism, Episcopalian, and Unitarian Universalists have been the biggest receivers of the Satanic Rockefellers. Now, there is an ex-Satanist who confirms a representative of the Rockefellers visiting and discussing with the Pope and Vatican leaders like a leader to them. They provide a large share of the money that seminaries in the U.S. that operate, okay, such as Union Theological Seminary, operates under these funds. The purpose of the funds states, quote, current interests are primarily Protestant theological education. They also provide a large share of the money that Universities operate. Now, in 1952, this is where we're getting into the fight against the New World Order. Congressman Eugene E. Cox headed up a committee that for the first time tried to uncover the Rockefellers and others connected to it, Foundations Activities. For some reason, Cox encountered stiff opposition anywhere against his committee's investigation, and the congressman, for some reason, got sick and died. Yeah, they don't just that just doesn't happen. They killed him more than likely. But one member of the committee, Congressman Carol Reese and his counsel, Renee Warmser, attempted to continue the investigation. Rockefeller's henchmen and newspapers did their best to destroy Congressman Reese. The Reese investigation was given only the barest minimum of time and little resources for their investigation. However, they were still able to uncover the beginning. In the 1930s, vast sums of money were spent in education by the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundations. This money went towards to promote John Dewey, Marxism, a one-world government agenda, and socialism. The foundations, principally the Rockefeller and Carnegie, stimulated two-thirds of the total endowment funding of all institutions of higher learning in America during the first third of the 20th century. The NEA, National Education Association, was largely financed by the Rockefeller-Carnegie foundations. A 1934 NEA report advised, quote, A dying laces fair must be completely destroyed and all of us, including the owners, must be subjected to a large degree large degree of social control. End quote. Reese Committee Counsel, René Worms, Wormser, wrote of the investigation, quote, Leads one to the conclusion that there was indeed something in the nature of an actual conspiracy among certain leading educators in the United States to bring about socialism through the use of our school systems. End quote. They discovered that the Rockefeller Foundation was the primary culprit behind the teaching of socialism in America's schools and universities and also behind the NEA's policies. Rene Warmser, counsel of the Rees Committee, reported, quote, A very powerful complex of foundations and allied organizations has developed over the years to exercise a high degree of control over education. Part of this complex and ultimately responsible for it are the Rockefeller and Carnegie, Carnegie groups of foundations, end quote. This was a situation in the 50s, 1950s, when the Reese Committee briefly investigated. Rockefeller-Carnegie groups have continued basically unopposed for the next 40 years, plus, in controlling education. One of the educational book producers is Groiler Incorporated. Avery Rockefeller Jr. sits on Groiler Incorporated board meetings. Another interesting board member is Theodore Waller who is a director of Groiler Incorporated. He was a member of the International Book Committee of UNESCO, and the Rockefellers maintain great influence in the United Nations. Now, they provide large grants to various religious organizations on top of schools. On January 31st, 1945, John D. Rockefeller told the Protestant Council in New York that the answer to problems wasn't through Jesus Christ but rather to become the church of the living God basically this meant cryptically you saying to serve him and serve the illustrious council since the illustrious council views themselves as gods their influence and control helps determine who will get publicity in the news as we already described but to even go in further detail about this they control time magazine the establishment's media media Boosted as an ex- example of how this really takes place, boosted Anton LaVey's Church of Satan into prominence. In the January thirty-first, nineteen sixty-seven, New York Daily News ran a story about Anton LaVey performing the first Satanic wedding ceremony in America. Mark's, March, March, se- nineteen seventy, issue of McCall's ran a nice story about the Church of Satan. Not really nice, but, you know, what they mean by that. Not only is LaVey's Church of Satan a publicity stunt to make Satanism more popular and to deflect criticism of real covert Satanism, the McCall issue makes Anton LaVey's church sound even better in the article than it is, making it sound like Disney World, really, when it's not. And it's hell on earth. But for those brainwashed folks who think that this free advertising for Anton LaVey was just for the sake of finding a good story for the Daily News and McCall, you can be shown in dozens of better stories that never have seen the light of day, because they're contrary to what the Illustrious Council wanted people to hear. Stories are selected by an editor, they don't just happen. So finally, on June 19, 1972, Time Magazine provided more coverage for LaVey with an article titled The Occult, a Substitute Faith now there's there's nothing sincere sincere as a devout Christian groups haven't ever received such nice free publicity they never have they've always been discredited but we're not going to refer to people like 33 degree Mason Billy Graham which we're going to get into of course who works for the New World Order, and Knights Templar Mason Charles T. Russell, and we're going to talk about the Russell family as well, founder of the Watchtower Society, who both received great press coverage. And Rockefeller, as well as Hearst, yes, the Hearst newspaper, worked together in their news monopolies. It was Hearst who promoted both books on Satanism and Billy Graham. Hearst made Billy Graham who he is today by financially backing him and publicizing him. Rockefeller was supportive of Billy Graham's New York crusade, and the Manhattan Chase Bank helped Billy Graham out as well. Yeah. So all of those that are listening in that are that really think Billy Graham is such a Christian, then tell me why is it that there's documented evidence that he's paid by The illustrious council, more specifically the Rockefellers. You can't counter that. You can't deny that. It's called wolf in sheep's clothing. Now, their influence has contributed to various anti-Christian organizations being set up. The Rockefellers are a good friend of Maurice Strong. And Maurice Strong has been promoting Mother Gaia worship, which is nature worship. David Rockefeller works with Maurice Strong and his New Age ideas. Also, Reverend Moon from Korea has been very much loved by the Rockefellers. Moon calls himself Christ. And he recently died, I believe it was like 2014 or something like that. If I'm mistaken, correct me on that, but I know he died... In the 2010s. But Moon, besides calling himself Christ, was also setting up a religion promoting internationalism. His religion is also a good testing ground for brainwashing, recruiting techniques that are being perfected by the New World Order. The Rockefellers have been helping Moon, who also has his primary mansion in New York. Also of interest is that the prominent political figures that have endorsed Moon are those with ties to the New World Order and include Ted Kennedy, Freemason Mark C. Hatfield, Freemason Jesse Helms, and illustrious counsel William F. Buckley Jr. This can be found on page 32-33 to of The Puppet Master by J. Isamu Yamamoto. Now, a lesser-known group is the Spiritual Frontiers Fellowship, that's SFF, in Independence, Missouri, and their address was Executive Plaza 10715 Winner Road 64052. They were founded in 1956. Just like the Reverend Moon, they claim to be Christians, but teach and practice other things. They teach and practice the occult. Two prominent men in SFF are Marcus Bach and Gardner Murphy. Both have interesting backgrounds. Marcus Bach shows the touch of the Rockefellers. Marcus Bach, who was born in 1906, is director of special projects for SFF. The Rockefeller Foundation granted him a fellowship in research and creative writing from 1934 to 1936. Gardner Murphy was a consultant in 1950 for UNESCO in New Delhi to the Hindus of the Indian Ministry of Education from 1952 to 1968. He was director of research at the Menninger Foundation in Topeka, Kansas. And yes, of course, psychology is led mainly by occultists, the satanic occult. Menninger himself is a member of several environmental groups for the elite, and honorary trustee of the Aspen Institute, a Freemason, member of ACLU, and a close associate of W. Clement Stone. W. Clement Stone, in turn, is also a Freemason, member of the Occult American Society for Physical Research, and a financial backer of Menninger Foundation. The Federal Council of Churches was financed to a large extent by Rockefeller money. Okay. The FCC was designed to destroy Christianity. They've carefully plotted to take the creation of the FCC, look like a grassroots movement, when it's actually the creation of the illustrious council elite. Further details on how men who run it were a high-ranking Freemasons, socialists, and one-world government agenda makers. Also shown is how they carefully manipulated the real gospel for their own devious ends. Now, they directly helped control certain religious groups, such as the Lucius Trust. David Rockefeller is part of the Lucius Trust's management. Lucius Trust puts out the book Externalization of the Hierarchy, by Alice Bailey, which spells out the plan for the Satanists and New Agers on how the spiritual hierarchy, which is actually the Moriah hierarchy or demonic hierarchy, is to externalize the rule of the planet. The book gives quite a few of the details of the plan and is used as a textbook for New Agers at the arcane schools in New York, London, and in parts of Europe on how the New Age, one-world religion, one-world government, will be brought in. If anyone wants to doubt this, the Rockefeller's commitment to Satan, read page 107 of Externalization of the Hierarchy. Because on page 107, Alice Bailey, president of the Theosophical Society, a part of Lucius Trust, formerly Lucifer Trust, tells us who will rule when the New Age, New World Order, takes over. On the earthly level, humanity, so to speak, The ruler is given on page 107 as Lucifer. On the spiritual level called Shambhala, the holy city, the coming ruler is given as the Lord of the world, which we Christians know as Satan. Yes. Let that sink in for a bit. Because... The Lucius Trust knows it is Satan too, but for public consumption, they say that the ruler of the world is Sanat, which is a scrambling of Satan. It's called Sanat Kumara. They also predict there will be a Christ consciousness, and the Christ, actually Antichrist, the book Externalization of the Hierarchy teaches repeatedly on pages 511-511. 512, 514, that the three vehicles to bring in the New Age will be the Masonic Lodges. Obviously, not everyone attends lodges. Next will be the churches, which is clear, clearly revealing to people that men like Rockefellers are using the churches for their Luciferian plan of Lucius Trust, and as well as education. I mean, of course, education has always been that one as well. But not everyone attends church which is why they had to attack education. They need a safety net to catch everyone in their brainwashing to make us all want to be happy slaves under their light bearer. The home life of the Rockefellers is decidedly different than for most people. They have over 100 homes to stay at. The Rockefellers own vast tracts of good land in various countries in South America, have nice homes in Brazil, Ecuador, and their Monte Sacro Ranch in Venezuela. They have at least two mansions in Washington, D.C., numerous ranches around the United States, resorts in Hawaii, Puerto Rico, and the Caribbean, a 32-room Fifth Avenue duplex in New York, and not to mention their place at Seal Harbor, Maine, and their large estate at Pocantico Hills, New York, which is estimated that they have 2,500 house servants. Over the years, they've built up the reputation of being miserly, with their help, and to each other. Winthrop, who is a homosexual, yes, enjoyed living in Arkansas with his black male friend. He reportedly had the world's largest porn collection. Winifred, Rockefeller, Emily, Nelson's cousin, murdered her two children and committed suicide. Michael Rockefeller died when he tried to bribe New Guinea tribesmen with large sums of money to go ahead, to go headhunt and make shrunken heads for him. The natives have given up headhunting, and Michael couldn't successfully bribe them. Finally getting tired of Michael, the natives decided to headhunt Michael himself, <laughs> and they did. Many of the Rockefeller family have had troubled lives, filled with all kinds of fears and occult activities. It's known that the Rockefellers have frequently built many hidden tunnels and hidden rooms onto their buildings. They have developed their occult and worldly powers to the point they consider themselves gods. Their powerful often suffer violent ritual deaths, as most high-level Satanists traditionally go through. One who died in Arizona is known to have been cremated. Yes. And that is the details on the Rockefeller family. So references onto them. It's going to be Alan Gray, or sorry, Gary Allen, has a book, The Rockefeller File in Boring, Oregon. (laughs) Not that it's boring, that's the place it's called. CPA Book, Publishers, 1991, which is a reprint of the 1976 edition. Alice Bailey, The Externalization of the Hierarchy in New York, 866, United Nations Plaza, Lucius Publishing Company, 1982, Foundation Directories from 1964, 71, and 84. Jophus, <laughs> Emmanuel M. Josephson, in his book, The Truth About Rockefeller, Public Enemy Number One, Studies in Criminal Psychopathy, is in New York, Chetany Press, 1964. Fritz Springmeier in his Be Wise as Serpents, out of Portland, Oregon, and he's had to move since then, that was made in 1991. Uh, there's also another one by Gary Allen, which is. Rockefeller campaigning for the New World Order out of the same place, Boring, Oregon. CPA, Collier, Peter, and David Horowitz. There's also the Rockefellers in American Dynasty, New York Holt, Reinhardt, and Winston, 1976. William Hoffman, which did David report on a Rockefeller out of New York. Lyle Stewart, Incorporated, 1971. Again, Emanuel M., Josephson, the truth about Rockefeller, public enemy number one, was used multiple times. All right, Eustace Mullins, out of his book *The World Order*, out of boring Oregon, CPA, and there was also other interviews with uh, an ex-Rockefeller monarch slave, and interviews with ex-Illuminati or Luxus Council, and others who know things about the Rockefellers. So yes, the Rockefeller family is very satanic, very disgusting. They do not play around. And when they do, it's with people that are not connected to the illustrious council. But on a lighter note, we're going to go and talk about a little bit more of that awesome long-term generational wealth. Yes. Yes. We're going to continue on how economic patterns of the elite really work. Now, what we can go after, and as a disclosure, we are not licensed bonded financial advisors, nor are we licensed attorneys or asset protection specialists or tax accounts or tax attorneys. Anything that has to do with those areas, please go to your specialist for them. We just speak about the concepts and how to really build out of the concepts. You want the details? Go to your specialist. They will take care of that for you. But a stock to follow based upon how the economic patterns work is Citigroup. And just type in the letter C and then put stock. Or if you have like Weeble, just put C and it will come up as Citigroup under NYSE. And last time it was checked, it was at $51.67 a share. And you'll see, as we mentioned a previous stock on the, or a stock on the previous episode, how if you look at the pattern that they have, they've profited during the economic times of crashes and collapse and peak times, it's when they've profited. Another way that you're going to be able to see this is also deal-making and having deal-making skills. And we have already mentioned two other books previously about that in other episodes. Um, But deal-making is what's very essential as a skill in order to really have a win-win situation. Because you can have a deal... Where you make it a win-lose situation. Where you win and the other person loses. Uh, But nobody really wants to do that except for the satanic elite. But when you know how to make deals, not sell. Selling is for people who want to work hard all day long. Waste their time. Unless you really love doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. But those that want to spend their time doing things that are enjoyable and productive to society and to their families and their communities. Making deals is very essential. So the best person to go to is going to be Oren Clough. He's done his 10,000 hours plus. He's taught others as well. And he doesn't come from any wealth and no no elite families. He he comes from California. Uh, But I credit him for his hard work into learning how Deals are made. How the elite really make deals. Because. You don't just make any kind of deal. Really. You don't. You have to make it specifically. And you have to do it in a specific way. And. How he portrays it. How Orin portrays it. Is specific to the point. That he knows how the. Fortune 500 companies and elites make their deals in business, and so he lays it out exactly how it's done. Now we're not talking about making illegal transactions, nothing like that, but actually making a deal at the high level. He's definitely on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, You can definitely check out his books that he has linked there. Of course, Uh, he has raised over, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think like, excuse me, uh, two or three billion. Uh, He's raised in capital for investors, entrepreneurs, and business owners all together. And that's what he does is he makes deals. That's what his career is, making deals. He teaches that. He does that every Friday. And it's awesome. He's great giving that awesome content. So I do highly recommend him. This is for also because those that want to be in business for themselves, making deals... That are going to be what are essential into having your own business or working for yourself. Because when you work for one of the employed companies, you're working for men. You're working for people who are building their own dreams, not letting you succeed. There's very, very few that actually do help people that are employed succeed successfully. Yes. Not denying that. But most companies are related to the satanic elites because they do it in a way to have people work hard and be trapped into the system that they've created and they do this over and over and over and over again so that's why we're here to build long-term generational wealth so to look at that you want to see that the way that the elite profit they profit during the peak years And then they sell during collapses, so to speak. They do that in one way, but most of the time it's also where they buy when everything is at the bottom. Because they have so much wealth already. And once it's at the very top, they get rid of it. So that way when it all comes down, they buy back. Up, down, up, down, up, down. It's physics. What goes up must come down. That's how they do it. Buy at the bottom, sell at the top. Buy at the bottom, sell at the top. That's what you do when you look at anything within building your business. You look at profiting at the bottom, getting rid of it at the top. Because you profit both at the bottom and profit at the top. And it's, it's always the pattern. And the way that they do this is they use what's called sacred geometry. I don't recommend using this because then you're going right into what they do. They are a satanic occult. Part of the satanic occult is what's called sacred geometry. And sacred geometry is the fanatical system that they use to enslave people in. But when following their patterns... Profiting by buying at the bottom, selling at the top, at the peak. That's how you always profit. Always. That's how you want to do it. That's how you always want to do it. But for actually collecting sales throughout the general times, go to whoever you feel is best. Do your research. Don't just pick anybody that you see. Oh, they look pretty cool. They look really good. Yeah, let me go with them. No. No. Don't do that. That's stupid. Do your research. Make sure you do case studies on different companies that provide the same service or the same product that you're going to use. You don't have to test. You can just see what each one offers and see what testimonials have said for each and make that assessment there. And if you have the extra money, go ahead, then test those products and services and see which one is better. For the sales side, of course. But for the book that's going to help out in order to understand how the elites really have been around for a long, long time. And how it's really a business that they use as a front in order to hold their wealth and not pay taxes. It's called Grunch of Giants. That's spelled G-R-U-N-C-H. Grunch of Giants by R. Buckminster Fuller. And R. Buckminster Fuller was a futurist, an economist, and he actually didn't know too much into the elite, but he knew that they were there because Grunch means gross universal cash heist, which is because they make those I don't know why there's a bird up right now. (laughs) anyway, that's that's why they make the systems. Because they make the gross universal cash heist. Make people believe that it's the system that's going to be always there, but it's not. It's something that they create. And they profit off those patterns. And the Grunch of Giants talks about how corporations started out in England in the 1300s. So the corporation has been around for many, many years, a few hundred years. But I, we do want to appreciate everybody sits in the lessons to this information and takes the time out of their life to understand who's doing these evil atrocities and how they really do it, why they do it, because they think that they're God's the satanic elite. But they use long-term generational wealth. And we're going to get into more long-term generational wealth and more than just finances, but we're going to focus on on the right finances first so everyone understands that. And then we're going to go into other long-term generational wealth on how to build the other areas. Uh, But for now, again, we appreciate everyone. 90 to 95% of the people that come out from the satanic cult through the abuse that they've been through, seeing these ritual murders and rapes and disgusting atrocities have always come to know that Jesus Christ is Lord and that His blood saves all. That's something I believe. That's something they believe. High testimonies have proven that. You'll see C.S. Lewis as well as Lee Strobel and John Ramirez as examples who aren't part of that a cold. But I've tried to disprove the Bible and couldn't and became hardcore die Christians. Die hard Christians. <laughs> Which are the same ones that actually came out from the satanic elite. But until next time, this is Truth and Love signing out. Peace.